This is our league, and this is your league. From the 55-yard line on CFL America Radio and the Sports History Network. Stand by, 15 seconds to air. Stand by, old camera, and videotape. Ready with your opening graphics. Stand by, Howard. Here we come, Frank. Ready, Don. Stand by, audio, your opening music, and roll tape. Take tape. I'm going to take you back to a Sunday afternoon in 1958. The date, December the 28th. The place, Yankee Stadium. The event, a game between the Baltimore Colts and the New York Giants for the World's Professional Football Championship. The Colts jumped in front and looked like the champs with a 14-3 halftime lead. But as we live these moments again, the Giants have battled back to a 17-14 lead in the closing minutes of play. Less than two minutes on the clock, and here's the actual play-by-play broadcast from Yankee Stadium, as Bob Wolf called it. Ten seconds left to go. Mario will cut the field goal for the 20-yard line. Five. Here's the boot. It is high. It is good. He makes it. Mario makes it with seconds left to go. Ties the ball game 17-17. How about that? This is unheard of. Never before in the history of pro football. Overtime. A sudden death playoff, and the Giants won the toss and elected to receive. However, the stout defense of the Colts forced them to kick the ball, and Baltimore took over, and United's throw. Bob Wolf calls the play. It's third and one yard to go for the championship. Third and one to go for the championship. A pass to Mutchler, putting the ball on the one-yard line. Barking out the signals for the Baltimore Colts. United gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's it. Colts 23, Giants 17. The greatest football game ever played. That was 1958. This is 1968. And the Colts are NFL champions again. Through the years, National Beer has been proud to bring you the play-by-play of all of the Colts games. It's been my pleasure to be the voice of the Baltimore Colts since 1955. During that time, I've seen many great Colt players, many exciting and thrilling plays, and many outstanding Colt teams. But without question, the 1968 Colts have given me my greatest sports thrill of all time. Looking back on it now, it appeared that the frustration and the heartbreak of 1967 would be repeated in 1968, because as you remember, the Colts lost Johnny Unitas before the season started. Well, Coach Shula, it's certainly not the most pleasant way to start a year, and I guess I have to start with kind of a negative question about John Unitas' arm. How is it, and what can you tell us about it? Well, it doesn't look good right now, because uh, early in the 
first quarter in the game against the Cowboys, I think John tried to throw along to Jimmy Orr, and he felt something snap in there. And then at halftime, I wanted to play John three quarters of the ball game. I asked him how he felt, and he said, fine. So at the beginning of the third quarter, he warmed up real well, and I put him back in the ball game. They tried to give him that second half. I had played Earl Morrill in the second quarter. Uh, along about halfway through the third quarter, John again tried to throw the ball, and he felt a pain in there. So I got him out of the ball game and put Earl in, and then Earl finished up the ball game. After the game, the elbow swelled a little bit, and I think it's a little more serious than what John has had before. The Colts, desperate for a passer with experience, picked one up from the Giants. 34-year-old Earl Morrow arrived just weeks before the opening game with the 49ers. A journeyman quarterback who had bounced around the NFL for a dozen years, playing for and being discarded by San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Detroit, as well as New York, Marl had never distinguished himself. Tom Matty, what uh, effect has the unfortunate injury that John Unitas had in this ball club? Well, first of all, Chuck, we've lost one of the greatest quarterbacks that there ever was or ever will be, I think, and this is going to have a strong effect on our ball club. I really feel that his passing is such a prevalent part of our game plan, and it's got, it has to hurt us. What do we do without Unitas? Well, I think we're going to have to sort of rise the occasion like they did when I had to play quarterback. The team is going to have to rally around a guy by the name of Earl Morrow who came down here from the Giants that we picked up in a trade. And this is a guy that we feel has the greatest capability of doing the job, and we just hope that he can do it for us. What would be the problems that Morrow might face with a new team? Well, Chuck, the main problem he has is our numbering system. Uh, it, it is completely different from that from uh, of the uh, Giants, our systems are just completely opposite our even plays go to the right and while he was up at the Giants the even plays went to the left so uh, it's going to be a little difficult for him to adjust and I think he just has to think out there on the field all the time and we just have to help him all we can you sound as though you feel quite sure that Morrow can do the job well I feel pretty confident uh, here's a man who's been in the league 13 years and uh, he has all the experience of a great quarterback I just don't think he's ever had a great team behind him and right now I believe he does thank you Tom with Morrow running the offense and the injured Unitas on the sidelines, the Colts open against the 49ers at Baltimore on September the 15th. Second and 13 now, and the Colts at their own 33-yard line. Here's Morrow now leaning in behind Bill Curry. Morrow straight back to throw, and here's Hill now out of the backfield. Morrow throws. It's been deflected up in the air. Stan Heinemann has it for the 49ers at the 25. Here's Heinemann down to the 15 at the 10. Right behind him is Earl Morrow, and he's in for the touchdown. Heinemann grabbing the pass in the air. Let's see, Roland Lakes was the man who made the deflection. So the 49ers lead by a score of 6 to nothing. Only a minute and 42 seconds now have gone by here in the first quarter. That moral pass uh, is the second now in this drive, and the Colts have been moving. Nine plays they've gone, uh, 53 yards. Third and 11, Colts are at the 49er, 19 right now. And Perkins, a wide out to the left side, tight end left out there. Inside Perkins is Mackey. Richardson very wide to the right side. Marl back five. He's back six yards to the 25, throwing inside the five-yard line. And here's Perkins. Perkins with a diving grab at the one-yard line. Sullivan, a Sullivan backfield through a real good block to protect Marl. Now Marl now becomes two for three passing in this drive. This 18-yard of the Perkins. And you remember uh, five plays ago it was, the 25-yard grab into the hands of Jimmy Orr. Okay, the Colts now with first and goal to go. It's at the 49er one-yard line. San Francisco on that real tight uh, goal line defense. Marl, here's Marl spinning left, handing off it to Tom Matty. Matty being led by Jerry Hill. Matty diving in, and he's in for the score. Yes, sir, the Colts are now down by just the extra point. It's San Francisco 7 and the Colts 6. 
Now that post had touchdown drive covered 72 yards in 10, uh, 72 yards in 11 plays. And the Colts controlled the ball for just about uh, five minutes. Here's Lou Michaels coming on to try the extra point. Boyd will be spotting at the 10-yard line. It's placed down. Lou boots it up, and it's good. So there's a timeout on the field with a score. Colt 7, San Francisco 7. Well, in this drive so far, uh, Jimmy Orr has caught uh, two moral passes. That was after uh, the Colts took over uh, the San Francisco punt back at their 41-yard line. Right now, the Colts using a pair of tight ends. Mitchell, tight end to the left side. Mackey, close on the right side. In behind Marl, it's Cole, and Matty is to the youngster's left. Third down, a yard to go for a first down with a ball at the San Francisco, the eight-yard line, call it. Marl, here's Marl faking to Cole, flips over the middle. Mitchell, Mitchell's got it at the five-yard line all alone. Tom Mitchell, touchdown the Colts. Yeah, Mitchell, the Bucknell rookie. He's just made his first catch in a Baltimore uniform, and the Colts have moved ahead 13-7. to Marl to Mitchell, they just teamed up here at five minutes, ten seconds of the second quarter. So the Colts score on the ninth play. This has been a 59-yard drive. And that, uh, incidentally, for Marl, is his first touchdown pass in a Colt uniform. Yes, two newcomers, Marl and Mitchell, have just sent the Colts in front. A Marl to Orr touchdown pass and two field goals brought the Colts to a 27-10 victory over the 49ers. Morrow, although having some trouble adjusting to the Colts' system, ran the team well against Atlanta on September the 22nd. The Falcons were unexpectedly tough. Though Morrow threw three touchdown passes, the Falcons also intercepted three, and the Colts were hard-pressed to gain a 28-20 victory. As Timmy Brown said, Atlanta scared us to death. He added, this has to be good for our ball club, because now we're going to realize we can't let up even a little bit for any team we play. The Steelers were next, and on September the 29th, the Colts beat them easily, thanks to Morrow, Michaels, and the defense, which intercepted three passes. Lou Michaels had a great day, with five conversions and two field goals. He got the Colts started in the first quarter. Well, Lou Michaels uh, stays in the ball game. He'll be kicking again. The Colts have been penalized 15 yards, 15 yards for holding. So, referee uh, Jim Tunney. Tunney moving the ball back to the Steeler 30-yard line. Fourth and 25. And back next to Shula right now at the bench. Marl uh, with key passes to Richardson and Matty. Marl's been leading the Colts all the way from their 10-yard line. Still early here in the first quarter, and uh, right now at Sunbathe Pitt Stadium. Boyd, Boyd will be holding again, this time at the Pittsburgh 38. It's placed down now by Bobby. Here's Michaels after the three-pointer. It's up. It's long enough. It, it's good. The Colts are leading 3 to nothing on uh, Michaels' field goal at 5.26 of the first period. Bill O'Donnell talks to Lou about his talent. Well, Michaels, right now you've done only two extra points blocked all season long. How much uh, of what you do uh, kicking points after is mechanical? How much goes into it thinking-wise? Kicking extra points is just the same as kicking uh, field goals simply because it's all the same. It, I mean, there's nothing different about it except you're only uh, seven yards away, which is uh, you got a lot more uh, chance of making the ball simply because... Uh, any way you kick it, you know, it might slide off and go through, or a field goal, if you slide it off the side of your foot, it will not go straight. I say a ball must, or will, for me, I know, will at least go 15 yards straight before it will tail off anywhere. Your first step, if it's directly at the middle of the ball where the ball is placed, on the ground, if it's directly at it, then I think, for me, everything else takes care of itself. If my first step will be directly at the center of the football. When Charlie Stukes intercepted Shiner's pass and went 60 yards to a touchdown, the Colts had a 34 to nothing lead. 
And to all intents and purposes, the game was over. Another interception by Roy Hilton, who carried the ball in from the 13-yard line, made it 41 to nothing, and as you know, the game ended 41-7. The Colts' first big test came on October the 5th, when they played the Bears in Baltimore. After a scoreless first period, the Bears scored at 1.45 of the second on a 59-yard gallop by Gale Sayers. But hardly three minutes later, the Colts were on the board when from midfield, Earl Morrill hit Willie Richardson for a touchdown and the game was deadlocked 7-7. The Colts went ahead to stay in the second quarter as Morrill found Mackey and John ran over people for a 45-yard touchdown and a 14-7 lead. A couple of minutes later, that Matty smash uh, down the middle for six yards now gives Baltimore a first and ten situation at the Bears' 38. Still two minutes left to play here in the first half, and uh, got to look back to three plays ago and how fine that onside kick was by Lou Michaels with the recovery by Alex Hawkins. Here are the Colts uh, now breaking from their huddle. Marl sending Orr out to the right, Richardson just as wide left. So from the Bears' 38-yard line, Marl, play action fake here to Hill. Earl rolling out to his right. He's back to the 45. Marl throwing deep down the right side, headed for Jimmy Orr, caught at the goal line, touchdown the Colts. And that's Jimmy Orr's first catch of the afternoon. And Orr getting in behind Taylor and McRae uh, down the right sideline, grabs it right at the goal line. So it's now Baltimore 20, Chicago 7. The Baltimore Colts have just overwhelmed the Chicago Bears 28-7. to Two of the touchdowns went to one of the finest flankers in football, Jimmy Orr. And Jimmy, um, uh, you have mentioned that you've tried to help Earl Morrill on patterns. What specifically do you mean? What kind of help can you give him? Well, uh, Chuck, on the first one we had today, it was a combination pattern between uh, Willie Richardson and myself, and uh, I went down and in, and then back to the outside, and Willie went down into the outside, and uh, I'd been asking Earl for it, but I, I told him to let's throw it inside the 50, because I knew if I beat my man, we could get a touchdown out of it, but I didn't want to be too far away where I couldn't get to the end zone before he caught up with me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jimmy Orr. On October the 13th, the Colts faced their next opponent, the 49ers, at San Francisco in a game that started with a sensational play. Here's Dennis Patera, the newcomer and the rookie from Brigham Young University. He'll be kicking off for uh, San Francisco from left to right as we look at it. Timmy Brown and Preston Pearson, they're deep uh, right at the goal line. Brown on the right, Pearson uh, covering the left side. Here comes uh, Patera forward, and we're underway. Pearson. Waiting uh, for the kickoff and has it at the four-yard line. Pearson, he's up the middle to the 10. Pearson to the 20-yard line. Four blockers in front of Pearson now as he gets to the 30. Cutting back to his left to the 35. Have blockers ahead of him. Here's a block by Cornelius Johnson. Pearson at the 50. Brown throws a block for Pearson at the 49er 40-yard line. Pearson to the 30. He's being chased by Johnny Fuller. Pearson to the 20. Pearson to the 10. Fuller dives for him at the five-yard line. He doesn't get him. It's a touchdown for Preston Pearson. A 96-yard touchdown return by the young former basketball player from the University of Illinois. And here's, here's Pearson in the end zone. He's being mobbed and hugged, grabbed by, by Bill Curry and Roy Hilton and Alex Hawkins. Now the Colts go on top quickly. They lead 6 to nothing. And from that beginning, the Colts build up a 21-7 halftime lead on touchdown runs by Tom Matty and a moral to Jerry Hill touchdown. In the fourth quarter, the Colts went 95 yards in 10 plays and took a 28-7 lead on a Mackey pass. And on this Sunday in October, the 13th to be exact, John Unitas made his first appearance of the season. Here's Bill O'Donnell in Kezar Stadium. Unitas is about to make his third call now. 
He's given two straight handoffs to Timmy Brown. Richardson goes right. Mackey has split as the right end about two yards. Goal to go on first down from the six-yard line. Here's United fading and throwing, and it's caught by Mackey at the one-yard line, and Mackey for a score. Mackey caught the ball at the one-yard line for the second time against Randolph, broke away from Randolph to score. So United throws one pass and picks up a touchdown. The Colts grudgingly gave the 49ers another touchdown in the fourth period, and as we go back to Kezar, the Colts have a 35-14 edge with San Francisco threatening again. Second down, goal to go, 12 yards needed for the score. Brody, back to the 20, sets the feet, throws, it's been intercepted at the five-yard line by Volk. Focus to the 20, focus to the 30 against Brody. He's to the 40, he's to the 50, and here's Volk to the 30. He's being pursued by McNeil. McNeil knocks him down at the six-yard line. An 89-yard return of an intercepted forward pass by Rick Volk. He had to beat McNeil, and McNeil knocked him down from behind. So San Francisco's attempted touchdown drive is broken up by Rick Bolt. Timmy Brown scored the final touchdown for the Colts, who won a 42-14 decision. And here's what Rick Volk had to say about his interception. Well, uh, let's face it, you just can't go all the way every time, Rick. Well, I, you know, I like to, Chuck. When you're in the open, it's, you know, you don't want to stop, but... Uh, in that case, so Clifton McNeil's pretty fast, and it was right there at the end of the game, and we had a few, two minutes left to go in the game, and uh, I was just I was a little tired, you know. I'll, I'll just say, at your age, you're not telling me you ran out of gas. Well, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to say I ran out of gas, but it was a sort of a sloppy field out there today, and uh, I just got a little tired is all. Thanks a lot, Rick. Off to a blazing start, five in a row. The Colts collided with Cleveland and came out second best. Final score, Cleveland 30. Baltimore, 20. This Sunday belonged to the Browns, and it hurt. I'm sure every coach hopes for an undefeated season, and uh, Don Shula, today you tasted defeat for the first time, and I wonder if what has been said by some fans could be true, that your team may have been looking ahead to the Rams. Well, this is hard to say, because we realize every game that we play is a very important ball game. Uh, we just didn't play well out there today. We didn't play well offensively. Uh, Earl in the first half didn't move the ball the way that he's been moving it up until this ball game and then I made the decision to start the second half with John Unitas who had been working well in practice all week long and it looked like he was ready to play and it looks like now looking back after the ball game it wasn't the right decision to make John uh, in the beginning tried to move our football team and had some interceptions uh, the interceptions were mostly batted balls that were hit up in the air and they weren't really Unitas's fault but I've, uh, looking back again on the football game and thinking uh, what I would do now if I had it all to do over again. I would probably would have taken John out to one series earlier than I actually took him out of the ball game, and it uh, uh, just wasn't fair to him. And I think a lot of the people that were disappointed should be disappointed in me as well as dis being disappointed in the quarterback out there because, of course, these are my decisions to make, and I've got to live by what I do. There was to be another Cleveland Sunday. Then came the Rams, the game. And I'm sure you remember some of this as we joined Bill O'Donnell in the third quarter with the Colts in front, 20-3. to three. Better than 10 minutes to play here in the third quarter. And the Colts in possession, first time now in the second half. First and 10 for Baltimore at the Colt 34-yard line. Marl, Marl feeding off to Matty, swinging wide to his right side. Glenn Ressler pulling out in front, Ressler blocking ahead of him. And it's Tom up to the 40-yard line. And Matty pulled down at the 42. 
A gain of eight for the Ohio Stater, Tom Matty. So we'll make it second and two right now for a Colt first down. The Colts uh, must earn the 44-yard line uh, to get uh, the necessary yardage and keep on going. This time, here's Jerry Hill. Hill smacking through the middle, and Hill might well have a first down. A two-yard bust by Jerry Hill, and here's the referee, George Rennix, calling for a measurement, and it's extremely close. Chain gang. Chain gang coming on the field, and they're placed down, and Rennick says, yes, he does. First down, Baltimore. Okay. First and 10, Baltimore, at the Colts' 44-yard line. Marl trying Hill again, cracking tightly inside, and uh, Hill running into a gang of uh, Los Angeles tackers. A loss of one by Jerry Hill. Back to the 43. Myron Patios and the extremely strong Lamar Lunday knocked down Jerry Hill. So we'll call this a second down, second and 11 from the Baltimore 43. Earl Marl, the quarterback, sending Richardson. Richardson goes out to the right. Marl back a couple of yards, throws to his right, and Willie has it. And uh, Richardson going out of bounds at the Ram 44-yard line, and that picks up another Colt first down. This is the first Marl pass, incidentally, of the third quarter. In the first half, Earl was 7 for 20, picked up 135 yards in the air with that uh, memorable touchdown heave. It went to 40, uh, 44 yards. It went to Jimmy Orr. Okay, back to play again. Second and seven now at the Ram 41. Jerry Hill's been uh, the real running workhorse in this five-play Colt drive so far. Jerry's carried to the ball three times. Morrill uh, ready to work at the Los Angeles 41. Mitchell and Mackey, they're both the double tight ends. Marl, back he goes. He's got good protection. Marl firing straight over the middle. Mitchell is down in the open, and here's a Mitchell catch at the 20-yard line. Tom Mitchell gunning his way to the 10. Mitchell's to the 5. Another touchdown for the young Mitchell, and the Colts are out in front by a score of 27-3. It took just six plays, 66 yards for the score. Mitchell's touchdown comes just after the eight-minute mark of the third period here. The Colts ended up with a soul-satisfying 27-10 victory over the Rams, who had knocked them out of contention the year before. On November the 3rd, the Colts played the Giants at Yankee Stadium in New York, where they won a big 26-0 victory. This was the first of three regular season shutouts, as their defense crystallized into the best in the NFL. From the Giants game of November the 3rd to the Packers game of December the 7th, the Colt defense gave up only 22 points. This was an average of three points per game for six games, an unbelievably low figure. Furthermore, from the fourth quarter of the October 20th Browns game to the second quarter of the December 15th game with the Rams, span of nine games, the Colts didn't allow a single running touchdown. Earl Marl, is there a special feeling that a player has when he comes back to his former team and is able to beat them the way you beat the Giants today? Yes, there is, Chuck. Uh, especially you get traded uh, in the same year. You've got many friends there, and you're, you like playing against them. you uh, got a little special feeling. You want to go out and do your best. Uh, you want to prove to the other team, the coaches, uh, especially that uh, they made a mistake in, in letting you go. If you want to uh, come out on top, uh, and uh, I had a little extra feeling for this game and they really uh, wanted to win it. Just one more comment, Earl, uh, as you enjoy this fine season with Baltimore, and particularly this win over the Giants. You have been quoted as saying that John Unitas has been extremely helpful. Could you be specific? What exact things has John done to help you? 
Well, Johnny is a great individual. He's uh, done everything he can for the team. He's he's uh, out there working all the time. Uh, his arm is bothering him, but he doesn't complain. He just does what he can. He's helped me a lot uh, on the sidelines during the games. We we talk and we go over the game plan that the coaches have uh, put up for the week, and uh, we, we talk about certain plays. We talk about the uh, other team's defenses just to make sure that they're doing what we've seen in the films. And then... Uh, from there, uh, our receivers come back and say, well, I can beat my man on this move. And then I'm sort of uh, still new with the system. Johnny says, uh, I asked him, well, what formation is the best so we can isolate that man out there? And Johnny comes up with it right away. Uh, and I say he, he does everything he can. He's helped me a lot uh, in this manner as we talk on the sidelines. Uh, coming up with formations, uh, he's been a big help. He's a tremendous individual. Thank you, Earl Morrow. The Colts, locked in a top tie with the Rams for the leadership of the Coastal Division, went to Detroit on November the 10th to play the Lions. With the Lions leading 3 to nothing, Pearson took Jerry DePoister's kickoff two yards into the Colts' end zone and ran 102 yards for a touchdown. We asked Pearson about his feelings on that great return. In football, a return of a kickoff or a touchdown is one of the most thrilling plays that anybody can see, and the Colts win over the Lions today was really perked up with a 102-yard return by Preston Pearson. Press, congratulations. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, was it set up to go left or right side or up the middle, or was it set up to go the way it did go? Right. Well, we set it up to go right. Uh, the coach said that uh, we were going to either go right or up the middle in the pregame, and uh, we decided to go right, and uh, it kind of broke up the middle kind of like but that was because the blocking way it was going and uh, i had to make a cut and uh, it just happened to go up and up the gut on it when you're coming back full out and full tilt the way you were uh, are you able to identify the blockers in front of you or do you just see a block and haven't any idea who it is you can just see the faint motion the the blur going across but you know who's doing it uh, beforehand but you you don't stop to look back and see what's going on or who made it. You just keep going as best you can. If I remember correctly, out around midfield, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of blocking, but there were some Preston Pearson moves. Yeah, if you're <laughs> going to call him that. Uh... Probably a silly and a stupid question, Preston, but a 102-yard return, how much does it take out of you? Are you really, really tired? You really don't realize just how tired you are until you walk back to the bench, you know, after you got beat on by all the guys that are happy. And you, I, I'll tell you, you tried sometime. Man. No, thank you, Preston Pearson. Again, congratulations. With a 10-3 lead, the Colts finally got it going in the third quarter, and we joined Bill O'Donnell at Tiger Stadium. Timmy Brown is now in the backfield with Terry Cole, and swinging in motion as Brown out to his right to the near sideline, setting as a flanker back to the right side. Here's... Uh, Morrow dropping back to the 10 with a marker on the play. Completes the pass to the 45-yard line to Jimmy Orr. And Orr has been forced out of the Colts. 49-yard line by Tom Vaughn. A marker is at the line of scrimmage. And the infraction is against the Lions and will be declined. Third down, 11-12 to 12 for a first down. The Colts have to get to the Lions. 41-yard line for a first down. Have the ball at their 47. Slot right is Timmy Brown. Cole is the running back. Morrow drops back 42. Pump fakes. Now throws. Orr is going deep, and Orr with a great catch of the 20 to the 10, dragged down from behind, and Orr goes out at the five-yard line. First and goal, Colts at the line, five-yard line. Cole is up close, the handoff behind him to Matty. Matty slips at the five, keeps running, spins off a tackle at the two-yard line of Wayne Walker. Walker had a good cold, head-on shot against Tom Matty. Matty had slipped at the line of scrimmage, bucking it over right tackle. 
and then he leveled off, regained his balance. Walker head on shot, waist high at the two yard line. He bounced away from Wayne Walker and went in to score. It is Matty's fifth touchdown, sixth touchdown from scrimmage this year. 16 to 3, the Colts are leading. Boyd to hold at the 10 yard line. Michaels will try to go for one more point. Here's the snap coming back. Placed down by Boyd, kicked up, and good by Michaels. A time is out on the field and the score. The Colts 17, the Lions 3. In the fourth period, the Lions scored a significant touchdown. Munson hit Billy Gambrell for the first touchdown against the Colts in more than eight quarters, or better than two full games. Final score, Colts 27, Lions 10. And now we continue with the second part of Colts Stampede, produced especially for Colts fans by National Beer. On November the 17th, the Colts returned to Memorial Stadium to take on the explosive St. Louis Cardinals. But it was the Colts who exploded with a 79-yard bomb from Marl to Richardson, plus two Michaels field goals, to carry a 13-0 lead into the third quarter. And the Colts still had some fireworks left Colts have it, first and ten from the Cardinals' 29-yard line. A minute 44 remains in the third period. The Colts on top, 13 to nothing. Colts are coming up, back to their own 40-yard line, and now break it. Willie Richardson comes to the near side. John Mackey is a tight right end. Bobby uh, checking Jimmy over to the left side. Now drop back. Morrill, look. He's looking for Richardson. He fires deep for Willie. He's in the end zone. He's got it. Willie Richardson, 29-yard touchdown pass. He beat Bob Atkins, and Morrill had it right on the money. Richardson, his second touchdown pass of the afternoon, number 19 for Earl Morrill. And the Colts have a 19-0 lead, anticipating the point-after kick from Lou Michaels. Bobby Boyd has it spotted down on the 10-yard line. 19-0. Richardson, and there was a great pass thrown by Earl Morrill. Here's the snap, the ball down, the kick is up. It is good. There is now a 20-0 Colt lead in this game. No let up from the Colts as we tune in early in the fourth quarter. Second and seven, clock reading 13 and a half minutes to play in this football game. Morrow has him out, Matty in motion. And a handoff to Mackey and around, around the right side, he's got room, 30, 25, 20. He's at the 15, he's at the 10, he's at the five, he's at the four. And around play to John Mackey. Knocked down at the four-yard line. The ball now will be moved a half a yard uh, from the goal line. Ball was on the one. Now it's a half a yard away. Fred Heron, I believe, was offside. At the one-foot line, third and goal to go. Colts 20, and the Cardinals nothing. And the Colts break their huddle, send Willie Richardson to the right side. Morrill now, play action. Fires for Matty. He's open. Touchdown. And the Colts now lead 26 to nothing. And it is Earl Morrill's... 20th touchdown pass of the season. And a third today. Two to Richardson and one to Matty. 26-0. Lou Michaels with a point after attempt from the 10-yard line. Bobby Boyd will spot it for him there. The snap. The kick. It is good. There's a timeout in the field. The score is the Colts 27 and the Cardinals nothing. 
John Mackey, what's made uh, your end-around maneuver so successful this year as, uh, say, compared to years gone by? Well, this year, uh, the end-around is called whereby I'm going behind the quarterback as just like a halfback would uh, go behind the quarterback on, a, on an end sweep. Uh, last year and the year before, it was an inside handoff with me going right down the line of scrimmage, and if there was any penetration in the line, uh, I would get knocked off before I could start running. Uh, this year, by going behind, uh, even though uh, there's some penetration, that gives me a chance to either go deeper or to cut up inside of it. As, as far as you're concerned, uh, do you feel that, uh, uh, that when you run the end around, you run it to one side better than to another side? Well, I always run it better going back to the right because when I tuck the ball under my right arm, I use my, my left arm more effective in keeping the tackles off of my body. When I go to the left, uh, I have the ball in my left arm, and, and I'm, a, I'm a southpaw, so you can see I can, uh, it's more effective for me going to the right. John Mackey, many thanks for your comments about your successful end around, and maybe, maybe you are aware that it's averaged better than 10 yards a crack this year. Well, I, I, I was aware that we picked up quite a few yards. I just hope we can continue. The Colts won a 27-0 victory for their second shutout of the year. That was the first time in 91 games that the Cardinals had been shut out. It was also the first time all season that the Colts had undisputed possession of the Coastal Division leadership since the Rams were held to a 20-20 tie by the 49ers. On the following Sunday, November the 24th, the Colts played the Vikings in Baltimore, and the Colts were really ready. Morrow threw three touchdown passes, two to Richardson, one for 52 yards, the other for 39, and added one more to the touchdown grabber, Tom Mitchell. As they have been all year, the Colts were brilliant on defense. Who could forget the goal line stand that stopped Bill Brown twice from a yard away? Billy Ray Smith tells it like it was. Billy, what can you tell us about the defense and what the responsibilities were? Well, basically, our responsibility being a defensive tackle, Chuck, is to go into the center and try to tie up the center and the guard and get just as low as you can and just bury yourself under there and to make a pile. If we make a pile, a guy coming with a ball, of course, can't run through there. He has to jump over, and it's hope that when he jumps that the linebacker's there to meet him and stops him cold, and that's what happened twice. Thank you, Billy Ray. Yes, the Vikings scored. They kicked three field goals as the Colts won 21-9. to the Atlanta Falcons, who had given the Colts a great battle the first time the teams met, came into town on December the 1st. This time, the story was different. Colts now, let's call it the one-yard line. Tommy Mitchell in the ball game now. Tight formation, a running formation as Morrow barks it out. And off to Matty, he's in. The Colts go out on top, six to nothing. Michaels now for the extra point. The snap, the ball is down, the kick is up, it is good. Second and seven. Morrow barks it out again. Hand off to Matty. Might be an option pass. He bluffs it. Now he looks to run. He's in trouble. He's hit back at the 33-yard line. Third and 14 from the 33 of Atlanta. Morrow has Perkins left and Richardson right. He drops back. He looks. Now he fires deep for Willie. He's in the end zone. Touchdown! And the Colts now have a 13-0 lead. Now the Colts have it at the 41 of Atlanta. First and 10. Morrow back to pass. Good protection. To Mackey in the flat. 50. Mackey 45-40. Mackey 35-30. Mackey 25-20. Mackey to the 15. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. He scores. 
Michaels kicked two field goals in the third period, one from 16 yards out, the other from 35. In the fourth, he booted another, a 22-yard shot to put the Colts ahead, 37 to nothing. Then, with Unitas at quarterback for the Colts, at the Falcon 27, Unitas fakes Cole, fades, throws, caught by Maddie inside the 20, Maddie to the 10, rolled over and out of bounds at the six-yard line by Tommy Nobis. 21-yard gain, Unitas to Maddie down the far sideline. First and goal to go at the Atlanta six-yard line. Cole is in behind Unitas, takes the Unitas handoff. He's being led around the right corner by John Williams, and it's a touchdown. Now with 11 victories in 12 games, a combination of a Colt victory and a Ram defeat would clinch the Coastal Division crowd. But the Colts face their toughest assignment of the year, a battle with the Packers in Green Bay on Saturday, December the 7th. Every fan was given a small American flag commemorating Pearl Harbor Day, giving a classic football game a most impressive setting. Here's how the game went. It's now second down, seven to eight for a first down at the Packer 26. Cole resetting in behind the right side. Morrow fades to 35. He has time. He throws deep to Richardson at the goal line. Touchdown, Willie Richardson. Five yards into the end zone, and he beat Herb Adderley. That for Morrow is his 25th touchdown pass this year. Michaels is going to try to add one more point and give a longer lead. Placed down by Boyd, kicked up by Michaels. Yes, indeedy, it's good. Mercer kicked a 45-yard field goal for the Packers a few minutes later, and the first quarter ended with the Colts in a 7-3 lead. In the second period, Michaels comes on to try a 37-yard field goal. Michaels has kicked 15 field goals this year. He goes for number 16. Boyd to hold at the 37. Placed down, kicked up by Michaels, headed for the crossbar, and good. A 37-yard field goal by Michaels. The time is out on the field and the score is the Colts 10, the Packers 3. Fourth down, goal to go, and Michaels will attempt a 15-yard field goal. 19 seconds to the end of the first half. Snap comes back, ball at the 15, kicked up, and it is good by Lou Michaels. When the Colts' lead went to 16-3, to the Packers really threatened. Now, let's get back to Green Bay. Second down and seven, let's see what happens here. Brath, long counting. Now back to pass. He's getting protection, he fires, it's incomplete. Third down, Brath back to pass. He's now firing, it is knocked out, incomplete. And the defensive play has been made by Bobby Boyd. Fourth down, seven from the seven. Zeke, back to pass, he's being rushed, it's incomplete. The pass rush was made by Bubba Smith. He made him force the pass, he threw it low. And the Colts defense has held here in Green Bay and have bailed the Colts out again. That goal line stand in the fourth period stopped the last serious Packer threat. And the Colts won a 16-3 victory. Bobby Boyd, congratulations on a great win over the Green Bay Packers. But honestly, Bobby, I was scared when the Packers were down there at the seven-yard line first and goal. It's awfully hard to stop any team, particularly the Packers. This is true, Chuck. Uh, it's very satisfying to beat the Packers for the Colt players. As you know, over the years, they've, they've taken a, a lot of uh, things away from us. And, and uh, to be able to knock them out uh, gives us a great, uh, a great thrill. But the uh, goal line situation that you were talking about, uh, Green Bay tried to run the ball on us a couple of times today, 
And then uh, on one pass pattern, he came down and run an inside move on me. I was fortunate enough to knock the ball away. And uh, then on the last play, I think we had the big pass rush from Bubba. And uh, the boy threw the ball, and it was low. He didn't have time to throw it, so give the credit to the lineman on that. Well, Bobby, just another great, uh, great demonstration of Baltimore Colt team defense. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. The Colts had to wait another day to clinch the Coastal Division Championship. It came when the Bears upset the Rams on Sunday, December the 8th. A week later, on December the 15th, the Colts were in Los Angeles themselves for a game with the Rams. Although now meaningless, in terms of the final standings, it was one the Colts badly wanted to win. With the Rams leading 7 to nothing, Third down and seven yards to go. Casey to the far side, Jack Snow to the near side. Long counting, it's Gabriel back to pass. He's being rushed, he's hit, he throws anyway, intercepted by the Colts. At the 30, Curtis, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. And Mr. Gabriel got burned that time. The second time he tried to throw the ball while being hit, he did. And Curtis had a wide open field, and the Colts now come within a point, 7 to 6. Lou Michaels will try the extra point from the 10. It'll be Bobby Boyd to hold. Here's the snap. The ball is down. It is up. It is good. And there is a 7-7 football game here in Los Angeles. Third and eight from the 39-yard line. The Colts come up. Preston Pearson resetting. He's back there with Matty Quick snap. Morrow drops back. Has protection. Fires deep up the field. It is caught at the 30-yard line by Mackey. Second Pearson. 25-10-5. He is over. And the Colts have a lead now of 13-7. Michaels now out of Boyd's hold at the 10-yard line. Snap. It is down. It is up. It is good. The Colts now have a 14-7 lead. The Rams tied it with a touchdown in the second, and the third period was scored. Then six seconds into the fourth, Unitas threw to Pearson for a touchdown from the Ram 9. And Michael's conversion gave the Colts a 21-14 lead. A touchdown and a field goal put the Rams in front, 24-21. But the Colts weren't licked. Unitas passed to Richardson and then to Mackey. And with the ball at the four, Unitas handed off to Matty, who circled left end for the final score of the game. The Colts had revenged their 1967 defeat by beating the Rams twice. The final score, Colts 28, Rams 24. How did Unitas feel about his come-from-behind effort? It was nice to get into play uh, the game again. It's kind of tough sitting on the sidelines, but uh, you, know, you can't change horses in midstream, and when your physical t condition is uh, such that you can't play 100%, it's uh, kind of difficult to even expect to play. Typical of John Unitas was his summation of the season, a tribute to his teammates. I think our defensive football team has... Uh, kept us in the football games just all year long with a tremendous play. Bobby Boyd and Billy Ray Smith, Bubba Smith getting the pass rush. And the defense just is pulling uh, together and doing a heck of a job all season long. And I don't think you can say enough about uh, Earl Morrow at the quarterback position who has come from another team and uh, come into an organization that is completely foreign to him and just picking things up uh, uh, like there was nothing to it and uh, getting our system under control and doing a fine job he has done all year. With the close of the regular season, the Colts now face the Western Conference Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings, the Central Division winners. It was held in Baltimore on December the 22nd, a wet and cold Sunday afternoon. 
There was no score in the first quarter, but in the second... First and ten from the Baltimore 25, no score. Morrow, the quarterback, eyeing the defense, rolls out to his left side. Morrow rolling to his left, setting up, now fires. Willie Richardson makes the grab at the 50. A Viking 40, Viking 30, Viking 25. Richardson to the Viking 15 and out of bounds. And they rule that he stepped out of bounds upfield at about the 36-yard line of the Minnesota Vikings. Morrow rolling out to offset that tremendous pressure developed by the Minnesota front four. Rolled left, hit Willie Richardson, who stepped out of bounds at the Minnesota Viking 36. First and 10 from the Viking 36. Morrow looking at the defense, rolls off to the right side this time. Morrow rolling out, setting up, firing deep, and racing down at the one-yard line. A diving grab, and out of bounds at about the three-yard line. A beautiful, beautiful catch by Willie Richardson. A first and goal from the three. Straight ahead, booming in there goes Matty, and he does not make it. He's down to about the two-yard line. Way to lay untangled. He is a couple of yards shy is the ball carrier. So it'll be second down and goal for the Baltimore Colts. The ball resting at the Viking two-yard line now. Morrow puts him on the ball. With Jerry Hill and Tom Matty as setbacks, Morrow still barking signals. He turns, hands off to Matty, trying the right side, turned the corner and is hit down by the Minnesota Viking defense at about that line of scrimmage. Little to no gain as uh, Matty tried to roll right and couldn't get in there. And Baltimore's Don Shula is sending a new back into the ball game with a new play. Alex Hawkins comes on field. It'll be third down and goal for the Baltimore Colts and the ball resting at the Viking three. Hawkins replaces Matty. A long time in the huddle. Baltimore spills out of it. Richardson wide to the right side. And now you've got Alex Hawkins. And Jerry Hill is setbacks behind Earl Marl in motion away from the backfield to this near sideline comes Hawkins. He sets out there, taking away as Marl, looking for a receiver. Marl throws into the end zone, touchdown Baltimore! Tom Mitchell on the receiving end of the pass from Earl Marl and Baltimore scores first. Lou Michaels will try to add the seventh point. Baltimore has gone 75 yards in five plays. Waiting for the snap to the holder, Boyd. It's spotted, it's kicked, it's in the air, and the kick is good. The score, the Baltimore Colts seven, the Minnesota Vikings nothing. The Colts still held a seven to nothing lead as the first half ended. When the game resumed, Morrow sends Jimmy Orr to the left side and Richardson to the right side with Matty and Hill his setbacks, first and 10 from midfield. The takeaway by Morrow and the give to uh, Jerry Hill who went straight ahead and uh, may have gotten a yard into Viking territory before he's stacked up by Roy Winston, linebacker on that side. So it'll be second down nine Baltimore now and the ball at the Viking 49. Still huddled back at their own 40. The Colts roll out of it now, led by Bill Curry, their offensive center, with Wrestler on the left side, Sullivan on the right side, Sam Ball, the right side tackle, and Bob Vogel, the left side tackle. And here is Morrow, back to throw, sets up, fires down the middle. It is going to be complete. Mackey has it in the clear. Mackey 20, Mackey 15, Mackey 10, Mackey 5, Mackey scores! A great trade from Syracuse, John Mackey, busting up the middle, pass perfectly thrown. And Mackey in for the touchdown. Touchdown pass number 28 for Earl Morrill. The Colts on top now, 13 to nothing, just. Michaels waiting to try the extra point. The spot, the kick. It's in the air, and the kick is good. Second down, eight at the Baltimore 30. Cap snapping his count, barking his counts. Takes it away without a fake. Rolling to his left side. Sets up, and is going to be swarmed under. The ball is free. Baltimore has got it. Racing for the goal line is Mike Curtis. He's to the 15, 10, 5. Curtis scores. Go to warm this Agnes. Baltimore's defense just took the ball away from Cap, left Cap in the mud of Memorial Stadium, and Curtis raced it home for 50 yards 
and the Colts defensive unit has struck again. How quickly the fortunes of the football game can turn. There were at least three or four Baltimore defenders all over Joe Cap, and suddenly spurting out with the football came linebacker Mike Curtis. The spot, the kick, it's in the air, and the kick is good. And so the Baltimore Colts now move way in front of the Minnesota Vikings by a count of 21 to nothing. And uh, for the Baltimore fans, suddenly it is not such a gloomy Sunday afternoon. So as the rain continued to pelt Memorial Stadium, the Colts continued to hold their three-touchdown lead through the third period, and the game moved into the fourth. The Vikings scored twice in that session, but the Colts won a 24-14 victory. And now, there were only the Cleveland Browns between the Colts and the NFL Championship. This game took place at the Cleveland Municipal Stadium on December the 29th. The first quarter was scoreless, but early in the second, Lou Michaels will come in. The Browns had their only field goal attempt from 43 yards blocked. Lou Michaels will try it now from about the 28-yard line with Bobby Boyd holding. Here's the snap now. It is down. Kick is up. It is good. The kick is good. There is a timeout in the field. The score is the Colts three and the Browns nothing. Second down and goal to go. Here is Earl Morrow calling signals. Hand off. It's a Maddie. He's in. Maddie is in for the touchdown. And the Colts take a 9 to nothing lead. Here's the snap. The kick is up. It is good. It is good. There is a timeout in the field. The score is the Colts 10, the Browns nothing. All right, the Browns. Trying to get their forces together now as Nelson calls for quiet from the 22-yard line. Billy Nelson drops back to pass. He pumps once. Now he rolls in the pocket. He fires intercepted by Mike Curtis, and he goes out of bounds. Curtis intercepted at the 32-yard line. Colts have intercepted, and they get the football back from the Brown 33-yard line. Morrow calls signals. Drops back. Delay handoff to Maddie up the middle to 30, 25, maybe the 20, about the 21-yard line. Tommy Maddie breaking over the middle to about the 21-yard line. A delay handoff to Tommy Maddie. He got great blocking up the middle. He was knocked down by Dale Lindsay, the right side linebacker. The ball advanced to about the 21-yard line. First and 10 Colts from the 21. Again, they break that huddle. The time remaining 134 and clicking off in the first half. Colts by 10, 10 to nothing. Morrow calling signals. Now Morrow drops back. Delay handoff to Hill. He breaks over the middle of the 15. Hill to about the 12-yard line. Jerry Hill to the 12. It looks like it's going to be about a yard short of the first down. And the clock ticking away with a minute 17 to play. Second down about a foot. Morrow hands to Matty around the left side. He cuts back to the 10. He's at the 5. He's around the corner. He scores. <laughs> Michael set for the extra point. Snap the boy. The kick is up. It is good. And the Colts now have a 17 to nothing lead. Second down and about 17 for Baltimore from the Cleveland 43-yard line. Looking at the defense, takes it away and fakes, rolls back deeper, sets up under pressure. Now fires for the end zone. Willie Richardson, and here is Barnes. Willie Richardson makes the catch at the Cleveland Five. Barnes pass to Willie Richardson, sets up a first and goal. Baltimore at the Cleveland Five. Barnes snapping signals. Still barking, turns, hands to Matty. Down the middle goes Matty, weaves his way for a couple of tough yards near the Cleveland two-yard line. Second and goal for Baltimore at the Cleveland Two. Small turns, gives to Matty, off the right side, touchdown Baltimore! Matty zooms in over the right side for a score. 
his third TD of the afternoon, and the Baltimore Colts run it up 23 to nothing over the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland kid, Tom Matty, having a great afternoon in his hometown. And now Lou Michaels will try to add the, the point after for the Baltimore Colts, waiting for the snap from center. It's back, spotted, the kick is in the air, and the kick is good. Score, the Baltimore Colts 24, the Cleveland Browns nothing. A 10-yard field goal effort from Michaels, waiting for the snap. The set, the kick, it's in the air, and the kick is good. So there is a timeout on the field with a score now. The Baltimore Colts 27, Cleveland nothing. Second down and goal. Baltimore on top, 27 to nothing. Marl at quarterback, turns, hands to Timmy Brown. Brown goes straight ahead, scores! The score now shows Baltimore 33, Cleveland nothing. And the Colts, who were defeated one time this year by the Cleveland Browns, are paying it back this afternoon in the biggest game of the year. Lou Michaels will try to add the 34th point for Baltimore. Waiting for the snap is Bobby Boyd. He's got the snap, the set, the kick is in the air, and the kick is good. And so the Baltimore Colts move right along in front of the Cleveland Browns, 34 to nothing. And this ball game is history as the gun sound. And it's been a very gloomy, gloomy Sunday in Cleveland. But in that great city of Baltimore, ain't the beer cold. For young Don Shula, this has got to be perhaps the greatest day in his career. Congratulations on your NFL title and uh, another shutout by a wonderful football team. Don, you must feel just better than great today. Just fantastic, Chuck. Uh, we've waited a long time for this one. Our football team is a hungry football team that's been frustrated a lot in the past, and I think that all these things have sort of added up to the performance that we gave out there today. It was almost perfect, offensively, defensively. The people on our special teams, everybody was doing the job the way that they know how to do it. And for us to go back to Cleveland and do it to them and shut them out in Cleveland Stadium, remembering a little bit 1964, I think made the victory all the sweeter. Uh, I'm just so happy for the way that our football team performed. And actually, we also avenged the only defeat that we've had this year, too. So I think that that adds up in uh, making this victory that much more important to us. Now at last, the hard work, the deep concentration, the dedication to the team on the part of every man brought the Colts to the pinnacle, the Super Bowl. With the NFL title packed away, the Colts headed for Miami to meet the AFL champions, the New York Jets. But the Colts were not destined to bring the world championship back to Baltimore. In one of the greatest upsets in the history of professional sport, they were beaten 16-7 to by a team that was rated as an underdog by almost everyone but the Jets themselves. Although Colt fans everywhere, along with the team, were disappointed at the loss of this crucial game, the Colts' 1968 season record of 15 wins and two losses was still the best in both leagues. <laughs>